Following the release of Two Lovers, Joaquin Phoenix would announce his retirement from acting to pursue a career in rap. Joined by his at-the-time brother-in-law and budding filmmaker Casey Affleck, this journey and the public's reaction would be filmed. Hello everyone, I'm Caleb Dujay. I'm Connor Izagiri. Welcome to a new episode of Beyond the Bad. Today, we'll be talking about the incredibly ill-advised attempt at a secretly filmed mockumentary, I'm Still Here, one which also proved to be very tricky to write the opening fucking plot for. took me quite a bit staring at my computer. Um, Secretly filmed in an attempt on Phoenix's part to explore the relationship shared between media slash fans and celebrities, it would go down much differently than intended. Um, with people more concerned by Phoenix's increasingly erratic behavior at the time, again, due to it being secretly filmed, uh, the film would release to pretty mixed reviews and quickly dismissed. On that, I will shoot Connor for the score. Isn't it great when an artist's passion project they spend two years living a completely different life for is immediately dismissed by everyone who just didn't give a shit? Ugh. And then he just immediately, I'm glad, you know, I'm glad Paul Thomas Anderson was there to give you a, throw you a bone there, Joaquin, because God knows you needed one, you fucking psycho. Okay. It's, it's, it's funny too, because this is like, I just now thought about it, because, you know, we've been on the film guys and team all taking turns with beauty watching Clerks 3. And it's amazing how now I can truthfully, I've seen two different ends of like Passion Project Spectrum. There is this shitty end, but I'm still here where it was like, public went, God no. And then there is Clerks 3 do a passion project right and actually get your audience to care as much as you did making it yeah and a good way to do that is to not just be a giant asshole even if in, if it's in jest to literally everyone you meet for two years <laughs> and then be like surprise and you know everyone was like all right and he was like i need a job Okay, fifty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes critic score, audience score thirty eight percent. So everyone was like, "What the fuck is this?" Uh, Curtis consensus reads as unkempt and inscrutable as Joaquin Phoenix himself. I'm still here raises some interesting questions about its subject as well as the nature of celebrity, but it fails to answer many of them convincingly. And I agree. It's like, what's What's the point here? Like, there's no, nothing's being skewered. There's no, like, the satire isn't clear. It's just watching Joaquin Phoenix make an ass out of himself for an hour and 40 minutes. There's no, there's no, like, thesis here. And that, that to me is what's crazy. Cause I, I no, I, Josh actually joined me on watching this one. Um, usually dips out of the beyond the bad movies I watch. Um, if you don't have to, why would you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he watched this one though. And, um, to uh, I I mentioned it while we were recording or while we were watching. I'm recording while we were watching. Um, this would have this film would have gone down so much better had he just said, "Hey, I am filming a mockumentary that's doing this," 
and actually honed in on what they wanted to talk about because there is something to be said about yes the relationship between celebrities and fans and you know the media um and honed in on that and just been like hey this is what we're doing and let us actually be in on the joke this would have probably gone down a lot better and been a much more better better remembered film well the thing is like he could have done this like that way like the way he does you know just announced to everybody i'm quitting acting i'm gonna be a rap star now he could have done that but the thing is like why did he have to do that and be an asshole about it like why did he have to dismiss everybody why did he have to act like he was having a complete nervous breakdown and just alienate everybody who was like what the hell's going on with joaquin like why did he have to create that in the midst of this attempted satire because a lot of people are gonna remember him as the dude who dipped out for two years to, to make this crazy shit and was it worth it <laughs> no it's like that's the thing they remember that and they're going to look at instead of looking at this film we're going to go back to the david letterman interview when he was not answering questions and put the gum under the fucking table and just acting so goddamn confrontational which of course they put in the in the, in the documentary i remember watching this having flashbacks when my parents <laughs> were watching that interview my, my mom saw that and was like, "What is happening, Marquine Phoenix?" And um, and I and I, I I'll get more into it in our awards, but I mentioned Josh at one point. I'm like, the the other thing that people forget that makes this along with him being the asshole is the public's aware of his history. They are aware that he is a part of a very interesting uh, family, to say the least. And for those who are wondering how Casey Affleck was his was his brother in laws because at the time Casey Affleck was married to his sister Summer Phoenix, um, but for those who don't know, like you know he you know his older brother was River Phoenix, which he was quite the talent back in the day. Well, at Drying Dup's club, which I don't know Drying Dup even has that club anymore. I haven't bothered looking into that. I don't um, think he owns the Viper Room anymore. I don't think he does either, but um. River Phoenix OD'd and Joaquin was there that night when it happened. He witnessed his brother OD and die. Um, and this is on top of some kind of, you know, if you look into their, the family history of the Phoenixes, it's not the, it's not the best. Um, especially in regards to how their parents kind of used them. Um, so with all that knowing, at the time the public knowing all that, and then him choosing to go this route and filming it. Like you didn't think people were gonna be like, now you're what what? Oh, you know, the, the stuff of rivers really coming to the forefront now. Oh, he's you know, his mental break. Like, how did he think that would go down with people knowing his fucking backstory? He's been a public figure for so long. Yeah. I mean, we saw, you know, when he accepted best actor in 2019 for Joker, you know, he it was the first time he talked about his brother publicly like ever he's never faced this he's never gotten over his brother's death and when this happened yeah a lot of people were like well here it is it's, you know you bottle that shit up long enough it's going to explode and this is what it we thought that was the breakdown like this was it like we thought he was going to be you know found dead in a hotel room somewhere mm -hmm. but no it was all a joke it's all a big haha just for the laughs and right. no one was fucking laughing except for him and casey affleck I do think it was funny that like while this was happening, everyone was like, Joaquin Phoenix is having a breakdown. And for some reason, Casey Affleck is always there. Yeah. <laughs> Why is he always? But then it was like quickly dismissed as well. It's, it, he's his brother-in-law. So I guess they hang out a lot. 
Um, it, yeah, and then that's the crazy thing too is that when it came out again, Joaquin, how do you think people were going to react when I was like, "Oh, it was a joke." People were genuinely concerned, dude, thinking like, "Oh shit," you know, this talent is like you said, it's it's happening. He's breaking down. It's it's come to the surface. And then just find out like, oh, he was fucking with us for two years. Fuck you, dude. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he needed a fucking hit movie at that point. I think it was the, was it the master? Not too long after. Yeah, I, I think the master was, yeah, that was his, like, he got nominated for an Oscar. He was back in Hollywood's good graces. Everyone is like moving on from the travesty. I feel yeah. bad for the producers and uh, director of Two Lovers. That film got completely overshadowed by this bullshit. Nobody ever talked about that movie. It just oh, became... a reason hmm? There's a reason it doesn't work with Magnolia. It's in my development, but there's a reason it doesn't work with Magnolia. They were fucking pissed. <laughs> yeah. God. But yeah, this was the master was his return, and everyone was just kind of like, all right, it was a joke. But I think, you know, he's he lost a lot of credibility. He did. And he's, you know, I would honestly now, I, like, I mean, like, probably a year or so ago, um, especially with obviously Joker, I would say he's he's probably fully back in good graces and trusted again. Yeah. But you kind of saw it like he had to be trusted again. So it's like, dude, you we know your we know your family history. Like we know it because it's just public. And then you pulled this shit. Turn out to all be a joke. Like how how do you think people are going to respond? Um, and it's funny because even when I when I was watching with Josh, dude, we watched it on Sunday, which you know, for those who may not know there's a little show that apparently is becoming a bigger and bigger hit per episode and it's two episodes that have aired on hbo called the last of us um that we were i was like okay hey i gotta watch this and i'll we'll watch the new episode of you know the last of us and as soon as the movie ended josh was like holy shit put on the last of us put on the goddamn show i need this out of my head <laughs> yeah it was it had that reaction of like who is this for like why am i why is how the hell did he pitch this to Casey Affleck or like well, anybody? I'm, yeah, I, I well, I mean, I, I don't know, but I mean, considering what we now know apparently about Casey Affleck, um, which we'll dig into a little, a little bit. I'm not going to go too deep into in development, but we'll dig into it a little bit. Um, I, I'm sorry. I think it didn't take a whole lot to convince them. You're probably right. They're all fucking wacko, but uh, yeah. I just, I imagine, what if they'd filmed all this and Joaquin was like, you know, all right, here's my passion project. Let's do this. And everyone was like, no. What if Hollywood hadn't been so forgiving and this was the death nail for Joaquin Phoenix? Yeah. And I don't, why would you even play that game, dude? Like, why would you risk that? That's why, you know, you tell your publicist, you tell your agent, you you tell the pertinent people like, hey, I'm going to try, I'm going to try this experimental thing. Just roll with it. But he when he he didn't do that. He didn't have any kind of safety net. He convinced everybody that he was completely out of his goddamn mind. And that was kind of it. Everyone was like, all right, I guess Joaquin Phoenix is over. Uh, moving on. <laughs> like yeah. there was no like, let's mourn his career. It was all like, all right, now we don't have to deal with him. <laughs> yeah. It because he already it had a rep- reputation for being kind of a prick. Yeah. yeah then he I'm did this. Yeah, I'm, I remember that time because he's a very um a lot of people talk about. It. He's very gets into like getting into the character, and he, he's one of those. He's very meticulous about his craft, and um, 
Andy hates the whole celebrity thing. He hates doing press mm-hmm. junkets. He doesn't really, he's pretty dismissive of fans. He's just not a good dude. Yeah, he's not a good, like, look, if you ever heard about great actor, one of the best actors working. Um, don't know how I feel about his new movie, man, because it's Ari Aster and he lost some points with me with Midsommar. Um, True, but that, that the points were high with Hereditary, so I'm willing to give him another chance for that. That's fair. That's fair. And at least this time, it looks like he is not trying to do a horror film. He's trying to do something a little bit different. Um, Maybe. I don't, I couldn't really tell. Who fucking knows? Um, <laughs> but, you know, like, oh, shit. I already lost my train of thought with that. But fucking, oh, yeah. Shit. It, look, in case anyone's right, I have a very long week. I'm so sorry. Um, great actor, but, you know, from what I've heard, awful fucking person to deal with in general. And then he wants to do this and like up his douchebaggery to a whole new level. It's it's insane. I, I I can't believe how many people in this show. Like I don't know who in this doc was in on it and who wasn't. I know like a couple he, people were like Diddy was in on it, Ben Stiller was in on it. Yeah, but a lot which, of people were just like, you know, kissing his ass because he's walking Phoenix. Yeah. And for those running who may have seen me, like, how has Ben Stiller in on it? If he had that whole scene when he goes to read the script, but then they showed his his Oscar move he did to make fun of the David Letterman interview, because that Oscar thing happened first, and then they filmed the scene where he went to do, like, hey, I have this movie ideal. That was done afterwards. So he actually, like everyone, thought Joaquin Phoenix was losing it, and then they reached out to him and was like, hey, no, actually, this is what's going on. Could you do this scene for us? Hollywood is so fucking weird, man. I mean, I love, I love the products we get. I love these. I love film. I love you know, the art. But the industry itself, the fact that this can happen, and then all is forgiven, is so fucking crazy to me. You imagine any other job where you just start acting like a total prick, and then two years later you're like, it was a joke, ah, and you don't get fired. <laughs> Insane. And attempt to pursue a shitty second career. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but with that, before we go deeper in this, this uh, I have a probably the deepest question I've asked on all of Beyond the Bads. Because again, like this plot line, I had I started this computer for like 15 goddamn minutes trying to come up with a question surrounding this movie. And then I honed in on the 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 thing that the critics pointed out. So with that question this week, since this is a film that does attempt to do this, why do you think? That we we have such an obsession here in America, at least, with celebrities and celebrity culture. That's a good question. I know. That's why I, I came think, up with that. Just hanging out my computer for like fifteen goddamn minutes. <laughs> I think that it's because people in this country are. We've been raised since birth to believe we can accomplish anything. That if you know, if you just try hard, you'll be a, you know, you'll be rich, you'll be famous, you'll be. You know, the celebrity culture is what we all aspire to because it's an it's a world we'll never be a part of. It's a world that looks exciting, that feels enticing. It's it's fun. It's weird, but it's it's hard to explain. It's just like I think it's all, not. Yeah, go try it. I think on a, on like thinking about like a materialistic side, right? It's having the ability for once to not worry about getting what you want and having what you want because you have the money for it. You have people at your back and loan for it. 
Um, like for you know, to give you an example, I recently uh Slipknot, the band Slipknot, they apparently do um their own whiskey now. And uh one of the members, Clown, um, he's the one that beats on the trash cans with a baseball bat, sometimes baseball bat being on fire. Um okay. <laughs> he's actually one of the biggest creative minds behind the band, actually. That's I'm just in a nutshell telling you what he does, but he's actually one of the key components of like the songwriting. He writes a lot of their songs and directs their videos. Um he came out with a moonshine and I and I bought it. It cost me like a hundred bucks, right? For like a two pack of the whiskey and the moonshine. So for example, just that hundred, me, regular middle class fucking dude, as soon as I got to the checker, I went, Oh God. I didn't know I wanted to, I was gonna spend that much. And it, it took a lot for me to finally do that. Cause in my head, I'm like, well, oh, I got this bill to pay, and then what if I want to get this later? And blah blah blah, you know. Whereas if I had all this money at my disposal and, you know, this rich fan celebrity, I would be like, that'd be like fucking whatever. I'd be like, I got millions, whatever. Order. Done. It's like that. Things like that. I think why people have that obsession. That's just a little like microcosm example. But that idea of like having whatever you want and not for once worrying about, oh, if I get this, why was mine for this later? You know what I mean? Why be able to do this or also, when you know, obviously, we've seen you know celebrities that can get away with quite a bit of um, things, legal or otherwise. I'll say it like that. So I think it's idea of like being untouchable, being like above the law, and to an extent. Well, in regards to that moonshine, I'll have to pick some up before I forget. But um, hopefully, it comes in when you're here. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the whole thing about like celebrity culture, I think that. Um, we all want to think our voice matters. We all want to think that, you know, one day I could be famous one day, you know, I, de- I deserve it. It's like an, a sense of entitlement, you know? And once you, some people do get it. And once they get it, you know, we see it transform them into, you know, crazy people like Joaquin Phoenix, not everybody, but a lot of people, you know, that sense of entitlement is amplified by a million. Cause now you've got people doing everything for you. Mm-hmm. it's crazy but it's something that a lot of us you know if we had the opportunity if like somebody came to you and said i can make you famous how many of us would say no it's you know if it was a sure thing it's it's hard to believe you know it's hard to accept but a movie like this shows like do, do we really want to be in that mindset is that do we want to be you know spied on all the time hunted you know hounded by the fucking paparazzi like everyone knows your face privacy's dead is that really a world we want to live in i don't think well, so. i think that's the part people forget. we are so obsessed with people wanting to like us in the human interaction the human need to just have people like you said our voice mattering and thinking that being famous and having all this money and living this luxurious life is going to solve all of your problems and it's not. What people forget is that, like you said, at the end of the day, you're a human being. And at the end of the day, is it worth the extreme loneliness you feel because you don't know who your actual friends are or who are just hanging around you because you got money? Because mm. you're so-and-so, right? You Is it worth the loss of privacy because everywhere you go, there's someone with a camera taking a fucking picture of you and taking out-of-contact shots to create some kind of controversy? Is it worth everyone knowing who the hell you're dating or fucking? Because that seems to be one of the biggest goddamn news stories every single time. 
oh, so-and-so's on a romantic getaway with so-and-so. Like, who gives a shit? I don't care who, if, who the hell Kylie Jenner is fucking. Like, she's a grown woman. Let her fuck who she wants to fuck. Let her date who she wants to date. Jesus Christ. You know, the is it worth the constant judgment you get constantly from the press, from just regular people? The things you would you would, you know, you that are said to these celebrities online, uh, we were talking about before we recorded, the things that are being said to James Gunn by shitty fucking toxic Snyder fans all the time. Instead of just letting the trusting this guy to do whatever he's doing with DC. No, and he has to see that every fucking day his phone is on. He's getting notifications from assholes. Is you know, is that is that the that's part people forget about and it's like, is it worth is it worth it? You know what I mean? Yeah, we forget they're people. We forget that they, you know, everyone nobody's well, not every, but some people are born into celebrity and those are shallow, hollow motherfuckers. Looking but, at you, Greneth Paltrow. Sorry, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Check out the back catalog for more on that. Um, but a lot of people, you know, start as just regular dudes, regular women who just, you know, have a talent and it's discovered and they become millionaires because of it. And a lot of people think, well, if they did it, maybe I could do it. But here's the thing. I'd say about 10 to 15% of the world's population are actually talented. Mm-hmm. The rest of them are a bunch of space wasters and you just got to accept that. Yeah. And then the other thing is that people forget that just because you're famous doesn't mean you're rich too. Like, okay, I know it's going to be kind of, since it's because it's been in the fucking news because Kate Blanchett asked the question that she asked and the certain community won't shut up. Look, I'll put it in basic terms. Kate Blanchett sure kept her mouth shut. At the same time, anyone online, please shut up by now. It's annoying now. Um, But the reason I point this out Right, everyone. When it comes to metal, right, thinking about metal, people look at bands like Slipknot, Metallica. You know, uh, you know. Well, they retired now, but Black Sabbath, and go. I can be, I can do that and make millions, but then they confuse it and they look at bands. You know, thinking about some newer bands like Lone Shore, Macedon, Gojira, like these newer, more aggressive extreme metal bands, and think, oh, I can do that and be famous. And like, no, actually. Those guys live in a house just like you and me because, yeah, they can live off that, but they're not making millions. That's another thing people forget. Like, you can be famous. You can be known and still actually just be barely scraping by depending on what the hell you chose, what what the hell your talent in, you know, what your talent is and what you chose to do. I went to the movies last week. Uh, I went to see... uh the hell did i go see i don't remember but um oh missing that's what i saw missing um and beforehand they have that newbie thing you know where they do the well they were the lady was interviewing celeb like a couple celebrities for like movie trivia and they were tiktok celebrities and I had no idea who the hell these people were but they have like apparently they're millionaires because they can do funny shit on social media Celebrity has become so fractured since I'm still here, you know, in that in that 12 year span or 13 year span. The very idea of celebrity has gotten so out of proportion that pretty much anybody has the capability to be famous these days. If you just know how to work a social media app, you don't have to be good at anything. You don't have to be 
like you don't have to find, discover anything. You don't have to have an agent. You just have to know how to look goofy, really. Like there's no, yeah. it's actually kind of infuriating. Like I miss when you had to matter to be famous. That's what a lot of, actually, because I mentioned, that's what a lot of metal bands are learning. That's why a band like Lorna Shore blew up because they had that song that they came out with. They've gone through like three singers, right? The first one left to go be in a different band. The second one, they dropped because allegations popped up. And they with like in a second, like you're out. Um, and then they got their newest guy who's staying on, and they premiered this song with him called To the Hellfire, and it it fucking has this minute-long breakdown, like you know, scream, and to the point where he does like what sounds like fucking pig scrolling the way he's doing it. And they that in middle part found its way to TikTok, blew them the fuck up. And now they're like opening for these huger bands and they're like, they've gained so much traction. So yeah, it's insane. Even on like that side of it, right? What social media is like doing for these people, like you said, having these TikTokers, these YouTubers, um, Instagram people that can make millions just being on social media or bands learning how to fucking use it to their advantage to, you know, get up there, especially an extreme metal band like that, that let's be honest, probably, like I, I I may like them, but obviously, you know, it's a niche thing. Like without that fucking that's what they did with that song it taking it on TikTok, they probably wouldn't have blown up the way they did. But they got lucky and they did, and now they're enjoying their success and continuing it luckily. Yeah, I mean look at you know, adult adult swim is looking at uh you know, TikTok impressionists as potential replacements for Justin Roiland on Rick and Morty. Like the pool has widened so crazy. It's like you don't really have to put any effort in to like be somebody anymore. And I wonder if, you know, was, is this what Joaquin was trying to tell us when he said, Oh, I can be a rapper because I'm already famous. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know again, this phone doesn't really hone in on what it's trying to tell, but yeah, it is, it is an interesting concept because we have gotten to a point where it's fractured. And look, I don't want to be, I, I never want to truly be the guy, be like, oh man, like really a TikToker made millions. Like, in all fairness, good for them. You know what I mean? Like, hey, they're making a shit ton of money. I wish I had people that care enough to fucking be able to pull something off like that. You know what I mean? But it is to a point where it's like, man, it's it just seems to be like anything almost under the sun can make you fucking famous. It used to be like, you had to be an actor, a musician, a successful author. Um, or something like that, and now you can just be really, really, really good at social media. And again, I know these social media guys do an actual lot of fucking work. Like it's almost a full time job having to do what they do because they're always worried about subscribers and content and blah blah blah. But just again, just basing everything down to a nutshell, right into basic terms. I wish I would have that ability to be like just worry about fucking social media all day and make millions. Yeah, I wish I could, you know. Twitch streamers and those, you know, kids who do, you know, unboxing videos for toys, like, you know, hot chicks who just do shit on OnlyFans. Like, it's all just, to me, it's all mostly just talentless people who know how to game the system. And yeah. it's so crazy because I wish I knew how to game the system. Yeah. It's, well, it's, it's infuriating. It's the, it's the internet. I mean, the internet really was the biggest breakthrough with all this stuff. You know what I mean? Like, that's what's happening. Is um, internet helped these people be able to like be like, cause yeah, Twitch. I remember people because you know, like for you know, I'm you know, obviously I know we're we're 
all kind of gamers here on Filmgasm. I'm, I'm the type that likes, I, you, I know you know this, but for our fans, I'm the type that likes some um, single player games. So I'm very like, I'll focus on a single player game. I'll fucking explore the world as much as possible before I move on to the next one, which has sometimes like not always worked in my favor with getting older and not having as much time and my back catalog just growing and me keep buying new games because I'm a fucking idiot and I can't stop. Um, but, um, at one point, someone was like, man, you should, with the way you play, you should, uh, just think about doing Twitch, you could do really good. And I was like, no, I was like, you realize it's a lot like harder than it seems because I have to be able to play the game and crack jokes. That's what a lot of these Twitch streams are doing. They're playing the game, they're cracking jokes, interacting with the audience. And sometimes, again, that confusion we do when we look at it and go like, man, that's all they do? Not necessarily. Sometimes, until they get to some point, they're doing this after they get off work. Mm-hmm. Then they're dedicating their time, so they're actually they have a day job, and then they're twitching on like in the evenings, on the weekends when they're off, until they can get to a point where it's like, no, now this is what they do. And those who make that, like, goddamn, like I wish, again, I wish I could do it to where, like, yeah, I just what's your job? Oh, I just pick up the whatever new games out, and I air myself playing it entirely, and I make a lot of money doing that, I make a comfortable living. I wish, I wish I could do that. Yeah, there's no way to get in on that now. You know, it's like I just every time there's there's a new social media thing or, you know, a new star who emerged doing some dumb shit. I always think like, oh, there's another boat I missed. I, I, I can't comprehend it because I'm just not it's surpassed my generation. I don't understand it. I'm the like I'm the old guy now. Yeah, it, it's it's weird. We used to be on the cusp of it. Now I've hit 30. I'm just like, God, what, what is this new thing you guys are talking about? Reminds me of that, you know, the famous quote from grandpa Simpson, you know, I used to be hip or I used to be with it and they changed what it was. And then what I thought was cool was no longer cool anymore. And it's going to happen to you too. <laughs> yeah. Now, now I'm the guy that recognizes the references and films that no one else recognizes. I'm like, man, fuck you guys. This is back from this movie that was out when I was a kid. Uh, actually look, an offer I, I, I feel incredibly young, so at the age of 30, the only time I've ever felt, like, old is whenever I'm watching something or doing something and then someone else ages me. For example, when I was on the boat, when you're on when you're on deployment and you hit a port and you're on duty and you're that's the day you're stuck on the boat, when you leave the port, you have to sign what they call a liberty log. Basically, just like, hey, this is, you know, I'm leaving at this time with this person, you know, blah, blah, blah and this is what we're doing. Just because you're in a foreign country, they want to make sure they kind of have an idea of what the hell you're doing. Um, but someone, wherever they put it, someone's supposed to be there manning it, like watching over it. My duty, they put it in my in my supervisor's office, my chief's office. So they were like, hey, look, if you want to get out of this thing, you can come, you know, stand the lip log watch at this time. I was like, fuck yeah, I do, because it was either that or go clean on the pier. And I was like, I ain't p- picking up beer cans off the pier. Fuck that. Um... So I went to my chief's office, and then they screened the door. We're like, hey, we got the laptop in here connected to the TV so we can watch forever, you know, whatever movies you want. Sweet. Put on Final Destination 2 because it was October at the time, and I was going through different horror films, and I said, hey, Final Destination Marathon. Right on. Put on. This person comes in. One of our sailors um, came in to sign out on the little blog, and I kid you not, looks at the TV and goes, Final Destination 2? That's a classic. And he immediately just went, oh, shut up. <laughs> that, that, when that happens, that's when I go, damn, I feel old. You, God damn it. Mm-hmm. 
I just, you know, I don't like whenever my cousins tell me about, you know, this new musician they're into and I have no idea who the hell they are. And they give me this look of like, you don't even know. And I'm like, I, I felt old since I was like seven. Well, you've, never... always, you've always been old at heart. Since I've known you. Yeah. You, yeah. You know, I never, I, I've never understood why what's popular is popular. That's just always been who I am. Yeah. No, it, it hits me with like I get you with the music thing when people are like, well, "What are your certain favorite bands?" I'll sit there and be like, "Oh, Slipknot, Disturbed, you know, Rob Zombie." They're like, "Oh man, those guys are old. They've been around a while." I'm like, "All right, well, you know, not when I was a kid. God damn, <laughs> I was there when the first album was out. God." <laughs> yeah, but none of this changes the fact that Joaquin Phoenix was an idiot for doing this, and it could have cost him a a career, and the end result was nonsense that I think we're the first people to watch in a long time. Yeah, I look, I avoided this movie for years and for some weird reason got excited thinking like I can do this for the show. Let's do it for the show. Isn't it great at the moment the movie in it? That's like about almost half the films I've put on the schedule. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's you know we we go through the ringer here. This is, you know, these are movies I told myself I will never watch any of this shit because I have way better things to do. My time is more valuable than this. And now here we are. Time is not as valuable as I thought. So here I am. Uh, on that on that beautiful note, shall we talk about the development of this film? Why not? I'd love to hear how this came about. Oh, yeah. So the ideal for this film would initially come from Joaquin Phoenix's amazement at the way people believe reality shows were unscripted. Um, That's how it started, apparently. Which, I mean, look, yeah, it's 2023, and I still meet people that are like, oh, no, it's it's reality. It's real. I'm like, no, it's fine. Oh. No, it's not. It's scripted, guys. It is fucking scripted. Joaquin Phoenix watches an episode of Big Brother and is like, oh, I could do that. That's what happens. Yeah. That's what that's usually what happens. Some, you know, some star watches something that's outside their wheelhouse and they're immediately like, well, I could do that. I'm famous. I'm rich. I have people. Let's do this. You know? Is that how Michael Jordan ended up being a baseball player? Yeah. And now Bruce Willis thought he was a rock star. It happens. <laughs> Yeah, uh, look, I will not judge anyone that likes reality TV. There's plenty of reality shows I put on as background noise that entertain me. Um, but it's 2023. Like, please, please, please do not believe that these things are un- are uh, unscripted. Please. I agree. I agree. I think it's all, you know, stupid, pointless nonsense. But, you know, I'm old. <laughs> like, like I said, I got someone put on for like background noise, like um, like Bar Rescue. I get a kick out of that mostly because I just like seeing the guy yell at them in the beginning. It's kind of like, well, I'll sit through like at least the beginning of Kitchen Nightmares, just watch going Ramsey's like fire off on people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I kind of like Kitchen Nightmares as well. Yeah, so like I said, I, I mean, I got plenty I'll put on for like a background noise, and that's that's about it. Uh, so that's how this kind of like started inst- going, getting into his brain. Uh, 
He would further conceive the idea after becoming fascinated with the show Celebrity Rehab with Dr. True. If anyone remembers that show, I don't think it's on anymore. Is there any aspect of our lives that could just be belong to us? Anything? Is anything sacred anymore? anymore? God. Uh, no, because Celebrity Rehab. Dr. True was helping some fucking washed up hasmans every week. Well, no surprise that Joaquin Phoenix would respond to that. That's what it was. I, I I never watched it, but I saw like you know like the occasional like advertised episode, and it was just like a fucking like insert you know at the time washed up celebrity that needed a fucking boost. So they were like, "I'll go on this reality show." Is winner like does the winner get a detox or something? And probably. <laughs> now, I want this this part. You're going to strap in. Because this, I don't even know why he thought, even thought for a minute this would be a good idea. <sighs> he was so enamored with this show, apparently, that he even originally attempted to execute the stunt by being featured on the show. For those who don't know, I joke about the wash-up celebrity thing. Celebrity Rehab, it's called Rehab for a reason. It is celebrities with horrendous Substance issues that Dr. Drew was helping them with. So was Joaquin going to fake that or was he going to first get a coke habit and then go in? I I don't know. Jesus. So this is this all amounts to Joaquin Phoenix wanted to be on a reality show. So far, yes. Wow. It's It surprises me. Like I said, like, dude, like the... What I mean, look. Luckily, he would ditch the the idol, uh, but only when he realized it would be cruel to perform a character amongst people with very real problems. I don't know why that took him a second to come up with. Like, maybe he's I still, do... he still kind of did that though. Oh yeah, he still kind of did it. But I mean, to sit there and watch again, you know, again, I'm and I'm sure again, it was a fucking reality show, so some of the shit was probably scripted. But if I remember, like, he was, the whole thing was, like, Dr. True was getting celebrities that had, you know, horrendous substance issues going on or any other kind of issue going on. Why would you watch that and think, hey, this celebrity that's probably going through something really rough, hence why they have a drug problem or a drinking problem or insert something problem here, um, I'll act like I have one. That will go down well. <laughs> It's it's psychotic, but you know we 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 know this. You can't be a, a celebrity. I I I separate actor and celebrity. I love a lot of actors. I I don't like a lot of celebrities because celebrities are inherently selfish. All they're thinking about is you know me 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 me. How can I advance my career? What can you do for me? How does this make me look good? So no surprise that Joaquin Phoenix is like oh. All these people struggling with their mental health and their physical health. Fuck them. This this is about me. Yeah. I'm I'm well, you know, I'm surprised it took him so long to figure that out. But clearly, I, the idea never left his head. No, and I I think someone probably was talking to him like, okay, Joaquin, no, we can't put you on this show when people with actual issues. It's not going to look good. Well, thankfully, he had a brother-in-law in the biz. Not the best brother-in-law, but we'll get into that at later. Uh, he then 
He then came up with the idea to retire from acting and pursue a new career. So, like you said, didn't really leave him. The, the idea to be on this show thankfully left his mind. But this horrendous ideal stayed there. So basically, he pulled a bender and said, fine, I'll make my own reality show with Blackjack and hookers. Yes. Well, take the Blackjack away, and yeah, that's what we got. Yeah, no, the hookers stayed, apparently. Uh, So by doing this, he, along with his brother-in-law at the time, once again, because Casey Affleck and um, Summer Phoenix, I looked up, no longer married. Uh, Been divorced for a while, actually. Um, they plan to make a film that, and I, I quote, this is in quotations. This is from them, supposedly. Explored celebrity and explored the relationship between the media and the consumers and the celebrities themselves. Did you see anything in that statement in this fucking movie? No, I saw a belligerent asshole just screaming at everybody who dared enter his stratosphere. Like, literally, that's the whole movie. There's no moment of satire or, like, self-exploration. The only media bit is just him being a dick to David Letterman. Yeah. Yeah. I read that and I was like, there was not a single fucking bit. And again, what's crazy, that does sound like a very interesting thing to explore. It really is. Yeah, I agree. I feel like I've seen it before. I'm trying to pinpoint the movie. I've definitely seen that done before. Probably. I was going to say done better. Yes. Here, keep talking. I'm going to find it. While you do that, I'll just keep going. So the first hint of this stunt would be in October 2008. uh, When he would announce his retirement. I don't know why he thought this was a guy to start it. But he would announce his retirement, I shit you people not, on the red carpet for his film, Two Lovers. For those, again, who don't know what red carpet means, basically the film's fucking premiere. Uh, For his film, Two Lovers, which he would proclaim to be his final performance. So literally, at this film's premiere, Joaquin thinks, I am going to steal the spotlight from all my co-stars, director, and everyone else who worked on this film. And uh, announced that I am done with acting. Found it. So first off, way to steal the spotlight, Joaquin. It's clearly all about you, and it always has been. Glad you were finally aware of that. Uh, a movie that explores the dark side of celebrity and toys with the idea of you know powerful method acting and how dangerous it can be. 2017, Jim and Andy, The Great Beyond. I've not seen that movie. Well, it's it basically just goes into you know Jim Carrey's method for becoming Andy Kaufman, but it toys with exactly those situations, like those the things that Joaquin's trying to do with this. Jim Carrey actually does do in that. Okay, that's I thought say that's not, I haven't seen that movie, but it sounds okay. That's I've heard that is a really good movie actually from a lot of people. Fantastic. Um, okay, um, yeah, I'll have to watch that. See what a film that explores exactly that is supposed to be. Um, so yeah, uh, now as I kind of handed out earlier with Magnolia, the the people who were the production, the studio for that film, um, so Magnolia Pictures, this wouldn't exactly be well received by them because they were trying to publicize two lovers. So this quote unquote stunt, I did air quotes, ladies and gentlemen, 
along with a star who refused to be interviewed while being followed by a documentary crew at all times, was believed to have taken a lot of attention away from James Gray's well-received film. That's right, two lovers, critically acclaimed. But because of this, they put all the blame solely on him. Which is, honestly, yeah. Um, Because the film would end up flopping at the box office. Yep. Two Lovers, 82% Rotten Tomato score consensus. Two Lovers is a complex, intriguing, richly acted romantic drama. And ironically, guess who his co-star is? Gwyneth Paltrow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Magnolia, I'm actually usually I know we've spent many times on here and film guys and stuff like kind of bitching about the studios and the sheer incompetent, you know, incompetency that seems to happen a lot of times. But in this case, I'm with the studio. If I was the one trying to publicize my new movie and my actor without any hint for this happening did this, I would be fucking pissed. Yeah. Fuckery knows no bounds. Not always the studios. There's always, you know, something. Idiocy exists in every level of Hollywood. And typically, you know, if it's not one, it's going to be the other. Yeah. it. I, can you imagine, like, they're getting ready to promote this film. They, they've they dealt with the ego that is Joaquin Phoenix and Grant Paltrow. They're like, all right, look, it's the, the film's coming out today. We just publicize it and we're good. Well, okay. The reviews are coming in. They're great. They should fucking be a a hit at the box office. And then they're just sitting there watching on TV or at the premiere. And all of a sudden, some assistance tapping one of the executives on the, so- on the soldier on the shoulder, on the shoulder. Hey, uh, you might want to look at the TV right now. You might want to look at it now just for them to see. Or King Phoenix announces on the red carpet, his retirement from acting. Can you imagine being the executives just be like, uh, Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, considering this film just kind of, faded away for a while it was you know the last film of joaquin phoenix but other than that nobody i'd never seen it i don't know anyone who has i honestly never heard of it until now i heard of it when i when i watched that letterman interview for real back in 2009 i want to say 2008 yeah i remember watching that and thinking this is weird then they rolled the clip and then that was all I ever heard about that movie. Yeah. I, I just I cannot imagine like the exodus just the face of just sadness as he is seeing like his publicity go from the movie to oh yeah, your actor's retiring and wants to pursue a career in rap. Unreal. I'm looking up the plot right now. I'm curious. This is 2008. A Brooklyn set romantic drama about a bachelor torn between the family friend his parents wish he would marry. And his beautiful, beautiful but volatile new neighbor. James Gray also directed Ad Astra and the Lost City of Zed. So good filmmaker, just did Armageddon Time. So yeah, there was talent behind this. It was intriguing. It was well-received. It had an interesting story. And Joaquin took that away from everybody because this is about him. If you're not looking at him, then you're not looking at anything. Oh, <laughs> God. So, from there, 
For the next two years, the filming of the mockumentary would commence, but only a few people went in on the joke. So, like Casey Affleck, the people that are playing his friends were probably in on. They were in on because for those who are wanting a certain scene involving uh, defecation, it's not actual shit. It was fake. Um, Even Daniel Day Lewis isn't that method. Yeah, yeah, that 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 was fake. Not, not, uh, not actual thing. Um, and then like a, like I. At least two confirmed celebrities and Ben Stiller in a fucking good old ditty. Uh, what if that dude he tackled in the club was in on it? I don't think that felt real. That one was the one I was like, I don't think that guy was in on it. <laughs> I remember hearing about that, like, before the documentary came out and hearing about that. And like, when he flicked off, because I remember the, and I was like, Joaquin Phoenix is doing trying to do a rap and flicks off crowd and then it assaults the crowd. I remember seeing that on the news. I wish this was real. I wish this wasn't an act. I wish he had gone off the deep end. But then, you know, we wouldn't have gotten his performance in The Master. We wouldn't have gotten his Joker. So, I mean, you know, trade-offs. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, only a few people. And for everyone else, as we kind of talked about at the beginning, it was a period marked by questions of Phoenix, potential mental breakdown, and possible complete disappearance from the public eye. Again, like we were saying, like people knew about his family history. We knew what happened to River Phoenix. So for him, it's like, haha, I'm doing this funny joke. I, it's art, and I can't wait for people to see my art. Everyone else is going, are we about to lose Joaquin Phoenix? <laughs> are we oh the Phoenix? It's the Phoenix bloodline dying here. I'm gonna try this. For the next couple of years, I'm gonna just be an insufferable prick to everybody. I'm gonna ignore my family. I'm gonna abuse my friends i'm gonna declare i am now the greatest painter who ever lived and if you don't like my work fuck you i'm gonna do that for two years and then i'm gonna reveal no it was it was a gag i'm the same i'm still the same old me i promise how many of you would still be there i would i would be done (laughs) exactly yeah it's fucking crazy that he thought like oh this will work out like only crazy people would think oh i can do this for two years and just walk out of it with zero collateral damage to my life. <laughs> yeah, right. Not doing going to fucking events to do terrible rapping to really commit to the part. Like, oh no, it'll be fine. This is so insane. Uh, you were in Gladiator, Joaquin. Um, upon the film's release, however, when when they finally fucking revealed it was a mockumentary. Uh, yeah, they revealed it was one big act and it was actually a mockumentary. Well, look, because of this, unsurprisingly, as we talked about, the film would come and go without much fanfare from the public, right? Public pretty much went, holy shit, dude, we thought we were, like, fucking watching you spiral out of control. Fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, and typical public reaction, which I'm actually with, usually I get annoyed with the public outcry on, like, social media, but people in general, but this one, I'm, I'm kind of with, I get it. Like, dude, we just thought we'd lose you on a fucking mental breakdown and it was all a fucking big joke. Yeah, you can fuck right off. I did like when he went back on Letterman as himself. He shaved and he was like, I'm sorry about last time, Dave. (laughs) Dave was like, hey, you know what? Celebrity, like Hollywood's weird. And they had a bit of a like, it's okay. Like no hard feelings conversation, which was kind of funny. Oh, yeah. 
especially after like the the initial interview, which was awkward to watch because it's the one one of the few, if only times you would. You, I remember watching like Dave, Dave, good old Dave, like try not to actually lose his cool. Like usually he was pretty good about like, even if he was probably not liking the guests, like laughing and making jokes and you know keeping the air light. You could tell he was struggling on that interview. It was just like, what, what, you know, because like again he was being so combative and like playing, you know combating everything david was asking i was like oh my god this is so fucking awkward i don't know you know and obviously it had the immortal send-off line of i wish joaquin you know sorry but i wish joaquin was here today yeah sorry you couldn't be here tonight <laughs> yeah sorry you can't be here tonight <laughs> probably the best fucking like last thing he could have said honestly on that interview yeah Dave letterman saved it you know he would have been a great person to tell like hey just so you know, I'm not really being an asshole. I'm doing this act. If you could just roll with it, great. But no. <laughs> yeah, he would have because like he probably would have been like, oh, yeah, easy enough. I can roll with that. Yeah. Kind of funny. No. Yeah. Um, critic. And then like we mentioned earlier, critics would also be pretty dismissive of me considering it a failed attempt at performance art. I referenced that because... Uh, Josh was looking up somewhere at some point. He was either Joaquin Phoenix or Casey Affleck or both. Literally tried to refer to this as performance art. Yeah, that's usually the like last desperate attempt to capture something. When everyone's not on board, they're like, oh, it's performance art. You just don't get it. <laughs> like, that's Yeah, that's just sad. Like, yeah. No, we were there. We saw it. We saw it unfold in real time and we watched your shitty documentary. Doesn't mean we are on board with this we, we still don't understand why you chose to do this that doesn't mean we're stupid yeah we're also looking at you uh shia labeouf mr for quite a while oh it's all performance art no you had a mental breakdown dude yep they they always try to save it with you know it's an act but most of the time it's just a public meltdown the public you wore a shia my friend and i say this is someone who adored even stevens growing up was rooting for you when you made the switch to you know your quote unquote adult career um but i'm sorry like you can try to save yourself with the performance art thing back in the day but uh you wore a bag over your head that said i'm not famous anymore that was a cry for help and we know it yeah and you you know assaulted your girlfriend so well yeah treat me a goth right you son of a bitch Are they even still together? I don't even know. I don't. I know that she had a she had a kid with them. I know Joaquin and Bruni Mara are together, and that has got to be a weird ass relationship. That was a, that was a strange relationship. If there I think, they was got, one. I think they got kids. Oh my god! I got what are those kids named? Let's find out. Is it something like what uh, Elon Musk named his fucking kid? I don't think they named him after. I don't think they named their kids after an equation. But let's find out. We're going to find out. And I'm also going to look up. <laughs> uh, sorry, because I'm looking up the Shia LaBeouf thing. So I was like, are these are him and me? I guess they're going to really been on and off. But it has oh. on his Wikipedia. Wait for this. It's American actor, performance artist. He went all in. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm also a performance artist. Like, God damn it, dude. Yeah, him and me and Gotham are still apparently together. Damn, she must have low standards. No offense, Mia Goth. Uh, I feel really bad. Uh, Joaquin and Rooney's they have a son named River oh you know that's very that. touching and I'm very proud of that okay never mind 
Maybe she is exactly what he needed. Well, that um, okay, that that okay. God damn it, that is yeah, that's very touching. Um, we dug ourselves into that hole. Just accept it. Yeah, we did. So you know what? Good thing I'm on the on the positive side to all of this on my on my history. Thank God, I'll get us out a little bit here. <laughs> on the positive side to this, all as far as like the fallout to this fucking film and everything afterwards. Positively speaking. Phoenix has since moved on and retained his status as one of the greatest actors working today. So thankfully for acting wise, don't know how his onset behavior is to this day. Um, he did work. He did. He dug himself out of this hole he created and, you know, we claim his status as one of the go-to, you know, a, a surefire bet for an actor to give you a committed performance with movies like Joker, her, the master, um, I'm sure I'm forgetting some off the top of my head right now, but you know, there's there's plenty he's done since then. Um, he had a meltdown on the set of Joker, so I don't think his onset behavior has changed much. But at least he's not, you know, at least he's shaving again. Yeah. Now, if he could just stop doing the whole weight thing, it's it's not good for you as you get older. Like, don't don't let the actors make you think losing and gaining weight on and off is a good thing, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Jack Na- Jack Nicholson had no problem giving us a chubby Joker, and he was great. So, like, you don't have to be rail thin to be the Joker. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, But kind of getting back on the negative, we're going to go and briefly touch on this topic. I've made, I've mentioned Casey Affleck a bit and mentioned, alluded to something that, for those who don't know, um, has to do with him being apparently a horrendous piece of shit because this film would get further tarnished more than it already was. Allegations of sexual harassment from uh from director Casey Affleck were made public by numerous females in, involved in the film. Yeah, I remember hearing about that and not being all that surprised. He there's a vibe. The the Afflecks do not give off a very positive vibe. They do not, which always, as I've gone over, has actually made the the friendship that Ben Affleck and Matt Damon share kind of interesting because Matt Damon seems like the better of the two. Well, when the better of the two is the guy who's like, I haven't said a gay slur in like three years. Yeah. I mean, better is kind of relative here. <laughs> yep. I should have flipped the negative and the positive. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and as for the film itself, if you probably haven't guessed off how it's been achieved, it's become kind of an audience own right. It's of all the things. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix is on his career. It is the odd, it is the black sheep. It is the what the fuck in his filmography. Yeah, and he was in a Shyamalan movie. That he was. Two of them. Like, two of them actually. Oh, uh, he was in Signs. What else was he in? I'm forgetting. Village. That's right. He was in the Village. I forgot. Well, you know, he was still in like what people consider to be the good ones. You know what I mean? <laughs> True. Shyamalan, get your shit together for the love of God. Oh. And that's that's it on development hell. Um that's all I I I have. There wasn't a whole lot, it being a mockumentary, mostly kind of surrounding the the ideal for this and the public's reaction and whatnot. Yeah, well, I think you did a great job. I don't think any of us will ever truly know why the hell he did this. 
No, no, it's that's a mine I don't get into. Um, and where I do, I'm quite happy to hear what he named his child. I still stand by the the him and Ray Martin seem like an not a pair I want to be around just because that just I don't that just seemed like an awkward weird relationship. Commodus and Lizbeth Salander got married and they have a child. That's weird. Yeah, and Rooney Mara, I'm gonna say right now, she kind of gives off not nice. She gives off bitch vibes. She gives off bitch vibes to me. I just don't <laughs> think she's a nice person. Well, you know, maybe they're just. I, I would hate to be the waiter at their table. Oh God. <laughs> a lot. Look, a lot of this with Rooney Mara is also kind of rooted in her. And look, I'm not defending Nightmare on Elm Street 2010. It is a horrendous piece of shit film. But her reaction to that, like, come on, you could have at least risen above the movie, Rooney. Come on. Well, you know, hard to stand by shit like that. But yeah, whatever. Yeah, they're, they're weird. <laughs> they're weird. And you know what? At least they, you know, they're honoring Barking's brother. So I'll give them that much. Um, that you know, for those of you who know there, they were before the uh his OD that him, River, and Joaquin were apparently like very, very close. Uh probably the closest amongst there's like five, there were five Phoenix children, I believe. Um, those two, the sisters, some are I think two more brothers, um, that aren't that didn't get into the business. So those those two were especially close, which is why, you know, it you know, it it, it stuck with him for so long when River died. So, with that, we're done talking about this aspect of the film, thank God, and let's move on to the awards. All right, so starting out first with the Zack Snyder, the worst scene. What all the many moments in this film did you pick? It had to be the moment where JP performs his rap for the first time. And it was not not the scene at the uh, you know the, the big the big scene at the at the club at the end, but towards the beginning when he's in like this littler club, and he's like the beats too big like we got to change the beat like he starts rapping like like mumbling to himself and then he's like we got to change that it's too loud, and I'm like are you fucking serious this whole time I'm thinking like this is this is the best you can do this is this is JP the rapper extraordinaire you fucking Nimrod are you kidding me JP. Yeah, it's like, oh my god! I was so like, you're such an entitled bitch to be like, hey, we got to change the the levels in here, man. Like, it's not for my rap. Like in the middle of the beat, he's like, stop, stop, we got to change this, and then he just leaves. And they're like, he's oh. like, they just don't get it. Like, we're gonna find someone who gets it. But I, if I ever met you, I'd punch you in the face. Oh, dude, his whole thing about it was like, they they had preconceived notions of me. I'm like. No, you sucked. And then during it, where I was asking to change the beat, you don't do that during when you're rapping or doing any kind of music. Like Jesus Christ, just blatantly, if I, unprofessional seems to be like the best word to describe this guy. Oh yeah, incredibly. Which you know, it's funny you use that word. That's how Casey Affleck tried to defend himself during the allegations because I was reading up on it. He was like, "Hey, look, we had an unprofessional set when I didn't." Uh, Keep professional, and you know, I would have done definitely. I'm like, that's where you're picking for sexual harassment charges. Is yeah, it was a little unprofessional on set, but it's your set, your set, <laughs> and that just makes you sound like you 
you're guilty, you fuck. Yeah. If there had been more restrictions, I wouldn't have done this, is basically what you're saying. It's like, I had opportunity to be a creep, and I took it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, hey, so you're being charged with sexual harassment. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It was, I mean, it was unprofessional on set. I mean, (laughs) and then he stopped there. He did not elaborate for it. Okay, yeah, you fucking did it, dude. That's just the kind of environment I foster on my sets. If it had been a professional set, this wouldn't have happened. Like you were you were the director. There's no way to answer that without sounding like the bad guy because you are. What was it? Was it Jim Norton that talked about the whole like back when the whole Sandusky thing was happening? And he was like, if you pause or whatever. Yeah. Like just say no. Do you start your answer with well, then you're guilty? Like, yeah, that's good. That's a good it's a good rule of thumb. Innocent people aren't going to try to explain their way out of shit. They're just going to be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Case in point. Do you, do, are you denying the the sexual harassment charges here, Casey Affleck? I mean, well, it was unprofessional. Okay, yep, he did it. <laughs> that is a solid no. rule of thumb. <laughs> yeah, if you didn't do it, it would have been quick. Like, fuck no, dude. I would never, like, okay, yeah, he didn't do it. He was, that was quick. Actually, that's kind of how it went with all of them. It's like the only I think like who was the the guy? I forgot his I forget his name. Talking Dead. Oh, Chris Hardwick. Chris Hardwick. Yeah, he went like, no, I didn't do that, and he didn't. Like they he were. Did. Yeah, the, the girlfriend was lying. Everyone else, like Kevin Spacey, tried to be like, you know, well, you know, I'm I'm a closeted gay man, and now I'm out of the closet. It's like that wasn't the question, Kev. What was in the what was in the question there, Kev Dog? Come on, come on. So that's how Kev I'm going to treat it from now on. It's like when these questions come out, if the person, if the accused gives us a fucking three page answer, I'm going to go with guilty. Yeah. Oh yeah. I remember the Chris Harder one. I remember a lot of people were like, I, I, oh man, I can't watch like that. And I was like, what? And my my rule of thumb generally is like. On either end of the spectrum, if it's just one person saying it, I'm a little trepidation. I'm like, okay, well, wait. Let's investigate this because it's just one person. Now, in the case of, like, let's say Danny Masterson, who isn't on that night show because five fucking women came up saying he raped, not harassment, assault, rape. Then I'm almost going to be like, eh, he, he, he did that shit. There's, um, there's no way they all just had a collective meeting and went, let's take this one down. Um, how I feel about Cosby. It's like really 60 plus women are conspiring against you. Yeah, like really, Cosby. All right. Yeah, was, yeah. I remember with Chris Hardwick going a lot, and then sure enough, they did an investigation. And also, the big thing was it was his ex. So I'm like, okay, look, hold on, look, his ex. He's re. He was. I think he had just gotten remarried to a new lady. Um, I'm like, this isn't. And sure enough, they did an investigation, and up, oh, yeah, she was lying. So I was like, oh yeah, look at that. And like you said, he was quick to be like, no, I didn't fucking know. Yeah. Good rule of thumb. Just. Yeah, yeah. Innocent people don't have to convince you that they're innocent. No, because they're innocent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the guilty, it's like they do everything else. Like you said, like Kevin Spacey. Well, I'm gay. That's not what we're asking you, Kev. <laughs> Neat. So why'd you touch these kids? <laughs> I, I am attracted to the same sex. Okay, no, Kev. The kids. <laughs> it's great that you're finding yourself right now but we got things to figure out buddy and we're not talking about your sexuality so don't you dare mention that again 
Uh, okay. Uh, what was your Zack Snyder? Mine. So I, for the longest time, had just the entirety of the DC scene, which I just think is him as most obnoxious in the movie. Yeah. And then we got to the end, and I watched apparently a short because I looked it up, and this scene went on like three fucking minutes longer. They shorten it, but the longest fucking ending of a man walking in water, trying this to be some kind of metaphor that I just did not care for at that point. And all I could think, because again, as we established, I was watching this Sunday before the new episode of The Last of Us. At that point, it was nine o'clock. That that episode was on fucking HBO Max. And all I could think was like, hurry up. I'm done with this movie. You're trying this ending out. And I really just want to go to something I know is going to be better. Spoiler. Last of Us episode two was ten times better. Um, and yeah, this yeah, dude, this ending goes on forever. I swear to God, the music they picked was stock and just kept repeating on loop. It's a you know metaphor. JP is being washed away by the rivers of Panama, and in his place, like a phoenix from the ashes, Joaquin lives again. I, I love it. that they got the fucking Affleck dad to stand in for his dad. Yeah. I was like, oh, you can't get the real. Well, actually, I think his I think Phoenix's parents aren't alive, are they? I don't know. Were they alive at the time of this film? Uh let's find out. Joaquin Phoenix dad. But uh yeah, while you're looking that up. Yeah, no, it the whole ending with this, especially because like they they book it's supposed to be a book into we see at the beginning, was supposed to be this like happy memory. That was recorded, which I found out was a fucking made-for-the-film thing only, also. Um, and yeah, he goes back into this, you know, with his dad for a very, you know, or Casey Affleck's dad, for a very awkward fucking scene. And then just gets in the water and just kind of walks through it. And I'm not going to lie, the whole time I was like, you're telling me there wasn't anything that tried to bite you in that water? I was actually, the whole time during the scene, just sitting there in my head going... Please can like an alligator or a snake or anything, just anything come up and make this scene exciting. Cause I stopped walking through the damn water. <laughs> um, his father's name is John Bottom. He had a drinking problem. Uh, his parents joined the children of God cult, which is what Joaquin and the rest of his siblings were raised in. When they left the cult, they changed their name to Phoenix as in like, we are reborn. Uh, I can't find any information on whether or not he's alive, but I'm gonna I'm gonna assume yes, and just wanted nothing to do with this. Probably, but yeah, I look. I was tossing up between that or the DC scene because I feel like the DC scene is like walking at his most absolute obnoxious in the entire film. Um, yeah, for me, it's like any scene where he's rapping because I, at that moment, I'm like. So not only did you risk your career, you're not even any good at this thing you told everybody you were leaving acting for. You'd think if you were going to do this, you would at least try to be good at rapping. You would try to you know, hide the fact that you don't know what the fuck you're doing so you could convince the world that you were actually doing this. Yeah. No, instead you're like, I'm pursuing a career in rap. So we're thinking, oh, you must do that on the side. We haven't heard it. And it was like, no, 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 this is bad. Please stop. Yeah, unreal, man. Yeah, I, 
yeah, like I said, it, it was a toss up. Like you have the like, one where I just think it's like peak, like God, I can't stand him anymore. But also just a, a scene that just wouldn't end and gets all metaphorical on you. And at this point, I'm tapped out. I don't care. I just want the movie to be over. I kept wanting Anthony. I think his name was Anthony. The, the assistant. Did yeah, oh, yeah, his, Anthony. I want him to take a swing so many times. Just knock him on his ass. He's not going to do shit. He's all talk. He's a blustering baby boy. Knock his ass out. I've never under. I've never understood when. And apparently, this is just a thing for celebrities to have like their friends hang out with them, and I guess like put them in places so they can like, you know, give back to being their friend and helping them out, or whatever. Because yeah, the whole, if I was in the situation, I'd, I'd have zero issues punching my famous friend. I'd be like, you're an obnoxious asshole. Fuck you, bro. I don't care how rich you are. I don't care how long I've known you. I don't care if you're blood. Nobody talks to me like that. Yeah, dude, I, uh, this, so this is kind of reversed. Um, I read this story, apparently thinking of this and punching when they're being obnoxious, uh, back in the day when, you know, he wasn't having the issues he has now, Bam Margera, apparently someone was, um, talking about like, they were going to like a hot top, I'm working at a hot topic or something. And, there was like one of these like interesting encounters with celebrities people have had, right? And the guy said so he was working there one day, and Bam came in with like his entourage of friends and stuff. And surprisingly enough, Bam went to the back to go look at something real quick, and one of the his entourage friends came up and started being like, "Hey, you know who that is, right? Like we're going to get like a discount and stuff, right? Or like you get you gotta get people out of the store. Like this is Bam Margera, like trying to be obnoxious and like a complete dick." Not Bam, one of his entourage people. And apparently, the guy said out of nowhere, as this guy's getting more and more rude and aggressive and trying to get customers out and stuff like that, apparently out of nowhere, he gets knocked the fuck out. And guess who did it? Bam Margera knocked his ass out and was like, hey, sorry about my friend. Does anyone want an autograph? Damn. That's nice. I'm glad he was using his powers for good. Yeah, I was like, damn. Back when, you know, he wasn't having the issues he is now. Speaking of, did you uh, see he went on uh, Steve-O's podcast three weeks ago? Yeah, he's been on there now a couple of times to yeah. talk through his stuff. Seems to be doing well. Seems to be in a good place right now. His conservatorship is over. So maybe, you know, I'm not saying he'll get, you know, back with Jagaz, but I'm just glad he's not going to kill himself. Yeah, yeah. I think that the time with that has, um, has ceased. I don't think he has any intentions to get back with jackass he's not gonna be involved with the you know the show that they're doing i know they announced a new show and i don't think he's involved with that at all i think he is just putting that behind him it's a shame i was looking forward to to more rocky i know hey look <laughs> it, i i, I hate it he was one of my more favorite people in there like him and like knoxville and so far always one of my favorites but you know at this point i just want the guy to be fucking doing good and be better yeah. and moving on with his life I just, you know, I kept worrying they were going to find him like dead in a field somewhere. So as long as he's working towards, you know, being healthy. All exactly. And especially if, I mean, hearing stories like that where apparently like he doesn't have any that much of an ego, he's willing to punch out his own entourage if they're being dicks and then be like, hey, how's that taken care of? Anyone here want an autograph? Wow. Well, yeah. I'm gotta here. Keep, gotta keep your people in check. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, just uh, like I said, if I that and I just saw that when you mentioned like why didn't you, why wouldn't you know Anthony punch him because I would have done I look I'm all about that like 
it doesn't matter if you know you're the celebrity or if you're the entourage friend that hangs out with celebrities like don't be a dick to people you know i think more celebrities should get knocked the fuck out so it'll bring them down to earth and remind them that actions have consequences Ah, so yeah, that's yeah, the long drawn out ending, but I don't know because I was so fucking checked out at this point and wanted to just watch The Last of Us. Um, so now for the Ed Wood, the first line, and dear God, could you pick anything in this Joaqu- movie? Joaquin's crazy stream of consciousness dialogue, and he just keeps spurting out like a fucking fountain through this whole damn movie i just i i, I didn't want to write any of that shit down because it's just ramblings of an insane mind so i went with a little moment where he is revealed to be kind of a little bitch it's when he's uh going to go talk to diddy about producing his album and you just hear him say i'm not gonna fucking freestyle dude that's why i wanted the ipod i was laughing I was like you're not real no- nothing about you is real yeah, oh, yeah, I remember that. I was like, I don't think Diddy in the hotel room is going to ask you to fucking freestyle during this meeting, dude. That's not how this shit works. Diddy had a hell of a 2010 because there was this, and then there was get him to the Greek. He was just mind fucking everybody that year. He really was. <laughs> I was glad, I was really glad to read that Diddy was in on this because I was like, dude, I've heard some stories about Diddy. You do not want to fuck with that man. No, you make sure he's in on the joke or Joaquin would have gotten shot. Yeah. Like, look, hell, the hell of a fucking rapper and producer, but don't fuck with Diddy. That dude has a record. <laughs> well, I love the moment where he's like, is this all a big fucking joke to you? You think you can rap? Joaquin's like, no. Like, he doesn't really know what to say. It's like, yeah, Diddy's calling you out. <laughs> yeah. You don't, you don't want to fuck with that guy. I'm telling you. <laughs> Oh, what'd you have? You don't fuck with Puff Daddy. Uh, mine, because I was like, yeah, I was like, I can't just write down this fucking ramblings of a fucking madman here. But mine actually is from the DC scene, surprisingly or not. When he gets all pissy because he didn't, they went to the inauguration without him. And I guess it was an inauguration party because I guess that's the thing for celebrities to go to. I would never understand these things that famous people do. Um, and there was a quick line that made both me and Josh kind of go, did he just say what I think he said? And it's when they're recording him out in the hallway, but they're still in the room. And they're recording him. And at one point, you know, he says, uh, in regards to an inauguration party, it's a fucking movie premiere with less pussy. <laughs> My God. That line hurts so much to hear. I nearly went with a similar line. There was um when he's at the club, he's checking out, I think it's Liv. Or live, whatever it is, the Miami Club. Yeah. And he he his first question is, How's the pussy? Like, why do you want everyone to hate you? <laughs> yeah, like, oh yeah, he's an obnoxious. He drops the N-word at one point. Like he he really goes all out for douchebag of the year. Oh, he does. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't. I remember we said I had him, I was like, what? No, he didn't. You know what I almost went with? Because it was so ridiculously obnoxious. Do the snow angel. Do the fucking snow angel. Do the snow angel. Like repeated like eight times. Oh god, he wouldn't. There was a there was a sequence. There was a moment where he like the way he was talking, Josh even went like, is he fucking drunk right now? Because everything coming out of him was just like slurred, like, I know I'm going to do this. 
what the fuck Joaquin did you just say like <laughs> I had this was a, uh, subtitles were were kind of crucial for this movie because he speaks so fast so fast and he says nothing that just to even understand what the fuck he's talking about you got to read it. it yeah luckily and that's the thing like luckily what I just said with the not not the rambling but the the fucking movie premiere line that was subtitled so not only did I hear it I saw it displayed across the screen and went, there's no fucking way. He he just said that. Like, you're trying to tell me that Rocky Phoenix is going to marry Premier's looking for pussy? Sure. Um, I wonder if Rooney's watched this. Like, just to know that that exists. JP exists inside her husband somewhere. JP, She's got to live. She's got to deal with that. JP's been inside her. Oh, God. You think uh, he asked how her pussy was also? Oh my god! I hope. That, what if? What if she's like more attracted to that side of him? Oh god! What if they role play and like he's JP he's and he wraps her bed for her. He's he like seduces her with his with his dope flow. Yeah, it's like dirty talking, but it's all rap. Oh my god. That pussy and lick it and I'm not I'm even worse at it. That's why I don't do it. But you know what? You're not. I think he's worse. <laughs> at least you're aware that you're bad at it. Yeah, I know that I'm not. Look, there's a I know I suck at singing. Do I do it to some of my songs that I like? Yeah, absolutely. If I'm feeling myself that day, yeah. But do I know I'm bad? Also, yes. I'm not famous for singing for a reason. Don't See, have that talent. You ne- I think everybody needs at least one friend. I think I brought this up before because this is good. This is good advice for life. You need at least one friend who's going to shoot down your dreams. You need at least one friend who's going to be realistic with you and say, hey, buddy, you suck at this. You try something else. Joaquin Phoenix does not have that friend. He is surrounded by yes men, and this is what happens. Well, that's what they do with their entourage friends. They surround them with yes men because guess what? They are usually working for them in some capacity and giving them money. And they don't, those friends don't want to fucking lose their cash flow. Yeah. Real friends typically aren't on the payroll. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I do think that everybody needs somebody. You know, if you suck at something, you need at least one person in your life to tell you, like, be real and be like, hey, man, don't quit your day job. Rooney's not doing that. She wants herself some JP. Dope, slinging it her way. Free, freestyling that shit. The fact that he's breeding just makes me uncomfortable. Oh yeah. So yeah, that was (laughs) that was my line. Um, the Steven Skull. I have a very good feeling. I'm going to go on and say on a hunch we have the same person. Um, but the worst performance. Tell me I'm wrong. Who'd you put? I think Ben Stiller could have tried harder. No. Joaquin Phoenix. Who else yeah. could possibly get this? <laughs> this dude is... I was scre- I think I screamed shut the fuck up at least three times <laughs> when I was watching. It's like, just shut up, dude. What? How, how can somebody say so much and say so little at the same time? It's miraculous. This guy lives in his own head and the whole movie, I just wanted him to get hit by a fucking bus. So... Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix. You, Jesus, man. Oh yeah, dude. I wasn't even halfway through the movie, and this was one probably this was a first for Beyond the Bad. Not even halfway through, 
I wrote down my first award, and that was Joaquin motherfucking. That was JP, I should say, <laughs> JP, because <laughs> I was like, there is no one, possibly no one in this film that's going to have a a surprise worse performance than fucking JP here. Because oh my god, I was like, yeah, I'm like, you're obnoxious. You won't shut the fuck up. You're berating everyone. You're yelling half the time. You are the worst human being I'm having to spend almost two hours with. Yeah, 100%. I echo that. It's, it's, it's insane. He's obnoxious. He's unlikable as hell. And I think I just can't believe he was like, as soon as this is over, like, I'm going to give Paul Thomas Anderson a call and I'm going to be right back on track. Like, you are so fucking lucky that anybody was willing to give you the time of day after this fucking fiasco. Yeah. Because your shit almost derailed. Ah, <sighs> oh, yeah, I, I, I had a feeling we were going on the same fucking one on that. Because like literally, there, there is no one else. Like, who are you going to put Casey Affleck? Like, he's barely in the goddamn thing. And he, the guy who's just, yeah, the guy who just shows his dick the whole movie. Um, no, it, this is Joaquin. This is what it's like. You were talking about earlier. It's about him. This is all about him. This is his movie. His story, his shit. Yeah, you're 100%. You're the worst thing about it, Joaquin Phoenix. I can't believe I'm saying that because you've usually have consistently been one of the best things about a movie, except this one. I agree. And weirdly, most people don't. The letterboxed on this may surprise you. I have heard there are people that defend him in this. I'm like, no. No. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm not looking forward to these letterbox reviews because of that. Uh, now for the Michael Bay, the worst filmmaking decision. What what did you come up with? Well, I think the very idea of putting your career on the line for a dumbass passion project that nobody saw, probably not the best move you could have made. Yeah, we, so, I put the same thing. Yeah, just the fact that this thing exists at all. Like, this is all one big-ass bad decision. Yeah, it. look, I'll reiterate what we talked about earlier. Like, let people in on the joke, man. Like, this would have been so much better if, like, people knew what the hell you were doing and you had honed in what you wanted to talk about and you would have had a legitimately awesome mockumentary on your hands. Yeah. But you like, chose not to. I think about like, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen doing Borat. Like that was a huge hit. People thought it was hilarious. He was up for Oscars. Not once did anybody say like, wow, Sasha Baron Cohen's a prick because they, rec- they realized it wasn't, you know, it was, it was fake. It was a joke. It was fake, and he was actually playing a, com- a completely different character, like a legit character. Yeah, sure, it was method, and not a lot of people weren't in on the joke, and those were really funny moments. But just if Borat had been like just a complete asshole the whole time, I feel like it wouldn't have worked out. No, this is and- Joaquin Phoenix's asshole Borat. Yeah, and the th- another difference is too, and to kind of put, because I know we've kind of obviously we mentioned jackasses. And Borat, and obviously, you know, the big hit show on True TV with Practical Jokers. You know, you might be wrong. Well, what about those shows, right? Where they make all these jokes and they play things on unsuspecting people and people don't know and they're not in on it. This is the difference. Once the camera stops rolling on these things, they tell those people that, hey, you just got done doing a TV show and this is what's this is what's going on. They do immediately tell these people what's happening. There's been so many, or if like you know they're filming somewhere and they destroy something, they pay to get that thing repaired. 
that's the difference. They're not like you said, they're not assholes. I guess they're doing a prank and they're pulling it on unsuspecting people. But the moment the prank's over, then the, the 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 bit's over. They told people, hey, this is what's going on. This is what we were doing. Hey, you know, hey, if something's busted, we'll fix it. You know, in practical jokers, we're gonna do things at food places all the time. They make sure that at least the workers who work there know what's going on, but not the customers. And you know, sometimes we'll make sure to actually get food for the crew. Like they'll do things to make sure, like, hey, it's all fun and games. We're not trying to, you know, piss anyone, actually piss anyone off here. You know, I'm sure Sasha Bear going did, you know, make sure to do stuff to let people afterwards on their own, the joke and stuff. But you know, that's the difference. They're not assholes, they're letting people know what's up at least immediately afterwards. It's not about them. It's about the joke. In this case, Joaquin was the joke, and only he was in on it. It was a private joke for him that he lived for two years and to hell with the consequences. Yeah. It, yeah, so, yeah, that's that's the difference. For those of you are wondering why we can sit there and make things like Jackass and Borat and fucking Empire Focus 2 successes and this bomb. You mm-hmm. gotta let people know you're in on the joke, and you cannot... That, Probably down to two rules you should follow. Let people know at some point you're there and, you know, it's a joke. Not two years later, immediately after the camera stopped rolling. And don't be an asshole. And then people are usually cool with it. Yeah, that's good advice for life. Yeah. So, yeah, I I, I kind of was thinking, like, we might have the same thing on here because it's just, like, it's what other, like, worst filmmaking decision can you come up with in this, like, movie's case? But I decided I was like, you know, let's play safe. Let's see what Connor has. And yeah, same same. Never be such an asshole to somebody that they want to shit on your face. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I can honestly say I've never pissed anybody off that hard in my life. I don't know what I could do to get to that point. I dude, I don't know. I know we've, you know, obviously we've had our disagreements on like on movies and stuff, but I don't think I've ever been spoiled. I was like, you know what, Connor? You wait till you wait till you're asleep. I want to shit on your face. I've, I've never been there. That is an end of the friendship moment. <laughs> like, there's no talking your way out of that one. <laughs> if I don't kill you, I will. I, I will never speak to you again. <laughs> is I know it's fake in the movie, but like just the fact that oh man, yeah, it's such a weird rabbit hole. So weird. Um, God, let's try to be positive now. And do our server lining. What is a gonna be so difficult? What's a positive you took from this film? I just went with the fact that you know it wasn't real. If this had really happened, if Joaquin Phoenix had really gone off the deep end, I wonder where we would be today with him. Would he be homeless under a bridge in L.A.? Like I feel like he'd look exactly like that, but without the you know thousand dollar suit. Yeah. So thankfully it was a joke and we could all move past it. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. I mean, yeah, luckily this wasn't him actually off deep end. He is he's fine. Joaquin Phoenix levels fine. Because even saying Joaquin Phoenix is a different saying than most human beings. Um and yeah, it, he like I said, he got that second win we talked about, and he was able to have you know gone to have a successful actual fucking movie career afterwards, like he was already experiencing before he decided to fucking do this bullshit. Indeed, I'm interested yeah. with what you have because I feel like you hated this more than I did. I fucking despise this goddamn thing, and I could not wait for it to be over. 
Uh, for me, and I actually put this down after I found out he was in on it. Um, I was already laughing at the scenes with Diddy. So I was like, okay, if he's not in on this, this shit's fucking solid. Then I found out he was in on it and it just made it better. So my silver lining is just fucking Diddy. He provides the only fucking laughs in this entire film. Like he like he was the only one that saw what was the task at hand. I was like, I will make my parts gold. And he delivered. Between this and him to the Greek, Diddy showed that, like, I know I just joked, like, you don't fuck with him, and I stand by that. Don't fuck with the man. But he showed that he knows comedy. Like, he he knows how to make... He knows how to be funny with his style of humor, and he is fucking gold in the few, like, I think, like, two scenes he has. He's great. Yeah, I'll give you that. Diddy's having fun here. Uh, And he is the one guy to tell Joaquin, like, no, I'm not... I don't want anything to do with this. Get out of here. Yeah, I do, I do like when he like he approaches the subject of like pay in the hotel room, <laughs> and he's like, "Pay." He's like, "Yeah, you got to pay me, motherfucker." <laughs> like you better pay talking, Diddy. I love when he was talking to Casey Affleck. He's like, "What that move? What's that movie you did?" He's like, "Oh, Jesse James." Like, no, that one was whack. The other one, the hot one. He's like, "Gone Baby Gone." It's like, "Oh yeah, that one. That was dope." <laughs> Such a weird. <laughs> He's basically just berating them. He's like, I want to fuck with both of you. Yeah. It's not like you can tell me to stop. Everyone's supposed to think this is real. What are you going to do? You need me. I'm the selling point here, motherfucker. I did. I was laughing so hard when he was at the recording studio. And Diddy's like, no, nah, play the next one. That one's bad. Don't, don't do that one. I love when Joaquin stands up after being defeated and he's like, can I get my CD back? And Diddy's like, he'll give it to you over there. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Diddy's time's valuable and you're wasting it. (laughs) Oh, God. I I mean, look, and yeah, I'm glad I watched Get Him to the Greek before I ever bothered with this one because Diddy's like even funnier than that, but he, he makes his two scenes really good in this movie. Yeah, I agree. I'm just I'm so glad I never have to watch this again. Oh yeah, thank God. Um on that note, now that we had a nice good laugh about good old P Diddy, Puff Daddy, whatever he wants to call himself nowadays. Um <laughs> you ever tried Puff Diddy? Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen to this because I am slightly like I both respect and am terrified of that man. <laughs> We have said nothing negative about Diddy this whole... He's been the only person we've said nothing bad about this whole time. We're, we're fine. Okay. Yeah, we should be fine. <laughs> he was great. I'm more, uh, worried about, uh, I'm more worried about Rooney Mara coming and fucking us up, honestly. Uh, she, look, she slept off through a nightmare on Old Street. I'll be fine. Um, so did the audience. <laughs> true. Hate's more talented, I said. Now, let's go on to what's in the box. Uh, surprisingly, a lot of love. A lot of people were like, this is brilliant. This is Joaquin's greatest performance. Fight me. 3.1 out of 5. Do they sniff their own farts? Yes, they do. Okay, that explains it. Dude, I guarantee you, the people behind this shit are sitting there in their fucking flannel with their hipster beards going, this is actually art. You guys just don't get it. Don't ever do that again. That was uncomfortable. You like that? You like that impression? <laughs> it made me very uncomfortable. 
<laughs> was it because it was a, like an legitimately good impression of those people? I didn't like that voice. You sounded like the, the fat fish who ate the pickles in SpongeBob. Oh, okay. Here's five reviews of I'm Still Here that I hope can make you laugh. Yeah, you got a hard job to climb off of that fucking SpongeBob <laughs> reference. <laughs> this one's from Ryan. My mom came downstairs to see what I was watching right as Joaquin inserts a prostitute's nipple into his nostril. She just turned around and went right back upstairs without saying a word. Three and a half stars. <laughs> <laughs> You know, hey, that's that's a cool mom. Instead of I look as someone who had uh, was raised Catholic, which means I know how my mom would react. Oh, what the hell are you watching? Blah blah blah. I respect that. Like, oh, you know what? I will be back, son. And watch whatever weird porn you're watching. I will wait. <laughs> it's probably the kind of parent I'll be if I ever walk into my kids watching porn. I'm just gonna walk away and just not address it. Yep. Uh, hey, look. Oh, my best. Yeah. So next one's from Barry. This is Joaquin's Joker audition. And this was just, they liked it. No stars, just a like. One of the, like, Todd Phillips did watch it. was like, yeah, this is the guy we need. This is who we need. He's having no luck getting anybody. He stumbles onto this horse shit on Hulu, and all of a sudden he's like, wait a minute. It's like, he looks like Galifianakis in The Hangover, but he's not as funny. This will work. Uh, this next one's from Sam Williams. When Joaquin Phoenix visited late night with David Letterman in 2009, right in the middle of his elaborate retirement hoax, Letterman famously mocked Phoenix's long, itchy beard. 12 years later, Letterman is the one who's retired. He now wears a beard that's much longer than the one Joaquin was sporting. Phoenix continued acting and has an Oscar for shooting a talk show host. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yep, you get what you fucking deserve. Yeah. <laughs> did, did, does he still have his, his talk show on Netflix, or is that over now, too? No, he he's it's it's a seasonal thing. Well, I think it's David Letterman has a show or something like that, has, wants, wants to talk. I don't remember what it is. But yeah, he does new batches of people every season. Okay. I was going to say, I know he, he didn't truly, like, he retired off, you know, the late show, but he basically just did another talk show just on Netflix. Yeah, where he used to have a beard. And yeah. Oh yeah, he, he he's free to do more. Hopefully, he did, a, he did a between two ferns where Galifianakis called him Crystal Meth Santa. <laughs> that was great. I think he's still sleeping with his assistants. Probably not. He got called out hard for that. As he should. Like the number was outrageous, and they were like, "Yeah, all of them." I was like, "What the fuck?" Then he was like, I'm going to get ahead of this blackmail and tell everybody on TV. And everyone was like, Jesus, Dave, just give us the top 10. Yeah, Jesus, Dave, we we, we don't want to know you're cheating on your wife a lot. Uh, this next one's from Sam. If I was only allowed one word to sum up this film, that word would be masturbatory. What an egotistical piece of shit. How did this get made? It was like a series of co- college videos about how cool am I and all my friends. Look at me being a wanker. And hey, here's Diddy and Ben Stiller and all these other famous people I know. Because I'm so fucking awesome. So, so bad that it made me physically angry. Half a star. 
apt description, Sam. Well, well said. That was very well said. <laughs> Look at me, because I'm so fucking awesome. I love it. Just <laughs> like how angrier that fucking guy is that went along. <laughs> and this last one is from a different Sam, Sam Hernandez. I can't believe this is the same guy who dated Scarlett Johansson's voice. Three and a half stars. Oh my God. <laughs> Her was good. Her was good. It was good. I actually do like that one. Uh, um, that was good. I am shocked at that fucking letterbox rating. Like, what the fuck, people? Yeah, 3.1. This this might be my least favorite thing we've watched. This had a Tom Green vibe, and I didn't like that. Joaquin got fingered. That's what this was. What? I would love the idea of like me just accidentally finding like a, a Tom Green vibe movie like once a year. It's just well, like this. Thankfully, we got it out of the way early. Right. It's just like this recurring thing I'm doing without even knowing it. I'm just like, all right, let's do that. And it's like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Well, that's ah. in the box. Nice. Well, with that, no, let's uh, obviously not not only close the box, but let's close the book on this episode and be done with this piece of shit film. <sighs> Eventually, we're going to have another one of those episodes where it's a film we actually like, but it's I feel like it's been a while since one. <laughs> Last one I can remember, I think, is Kickboxer. I, th- I think so. It's been just a lot of like, oh my god, this movie. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so on that note, before I reveal what next week's episode is, be sure to follow us on social media. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under Filmgasm Productions. If you want to share us a recommendation, feel free to email us at filmgasm at gmail.com. If you would like to donate and support us in that way, you can find us on Anchor. And finally, feel free to get on our site, filmgasm.com, for trailers, articles, and all of our episodes. For our reviews, get on our, our letterbox. You can find me or Connor, and we're all friends with each other, and you can see what we're saying there as we have migrated to letterbox. Yes, indeed. Connor ninety five. That's where you want to go. Yes, if you want to know how three of the core, three of the from guys and team members feel about Cloak Three, all of us have watched it and reviewed it on Letterbox. And I, spoiler alert, we've all loved it. Um, next week we'll be taking a look. What many, many can people consider to be the absolute worst, the lowest of the low for this director. Of Shyamalan's entire filmography. That's right. The happening. Not after the happening. The fact that, that that's a controversial statement, like it's debatable what's considered his worst movie. Like there are options. That's fucking yeah. Sense. I remember I, it, I remember when After Earth came out, they got to the point where they just weren't advertising him. They were like, Will Smith's son. <laughs> Will Smith. I feel like if that movie were to come out now, there is no way to market it. No, not one bit. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan. Wait a minute. Oh, Will Smith. Oh, hold on. Jaden Sp- ah, Shelvet. <laughs> we can't sell this thing. Shelvet. We got nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're not, we're not doing After Earth. We're doing The Happening. Yes, The Happening. The one that probably I would say being Pixar of the Verse because it's the most mocked of all of his films. So, yeah, The Happening. The one where he had to backtrack and be like, no, no, I intended it to be a comedy. Sure you did, M. Sure you did. Sure. His first R-rated film, his second one being the upcoming one, Knock at the Cabin. Uh, yeah, fun fact. So there's your fun fact about Shyamalan for the night. Uh, on... 
on Filmgasm, they'll be taking a look at what many consider to be one of his best, aka in his early days when we thought he was the next fucking Steven Spielberg. Uh, Signs. I know it's a personal favorite of Connor's. Not necessarily me. Um, I am in that camp that despises the twist. I like everything before that before that happens, but I'm in the camp that like the twist kind of ruins the rest of the film for me. Fair enough. Yeah. But again, I'm not gonna take away what happens before that because what happens before that is actually good fucking directing and acting. It's like Shyamalan knew what the fuck he was doing then. Yeah. Um, I unfortunately don't get to leave Joaquin Phoenix for a while. Uh no, you're staying. Um <laughs> And on Oscar Sunday, they'll be taking a look at the Michael Keaton comeback vehicle, the one that swept the Oscars and brought that man back to us, thankfully. Birdman. Yeah, it's going to be a fun Best Picture showdown, looking at the nominees from 2014 Oscars, some great films in there, and uh, we're going to rank them and talk Birdman. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I have seen that film, so I actually look forward to listening to that episode, because I have seen Birdman and actually do quite enjoy it myself. Very nice. Oh, yes. So until then, if you ever happen to find yourself wanting to do a social experiment and secretly film yourself for whatever fucking reason, maybe reconsider and just tell people what you're doing. Good, minimal, positive reaction to your so called mockumentary. See you next week on Beyond the Bad. <laughs> Thank you.